0: is with you let us pray God of all people you sent your son into the shrouded world into the borderlands may his dawning light give hope to the broken the persecuted the alien and the excluded that we might feel the kingdom of God drawing near and turn to follow Him. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was in high school, I got really into fly fishing. I learned to tie my own flies. I even made my own rod. I loved crafting the grip of the rod. You glue together a series of thick cork washers, and once those dry together, you attach the base of the rod to a lathe lathe that spins it, and you use sandpaper to shape the cork into your grip and then you carefully thread the eyes, the little holes that that guide the line to the tip of the rod, you thread those onto onto the rod, and you coat the thread to seal the eyes in place. The guy who taught me all this had been a fly fishing guide in New Zealand and Siberia. He had made his own bamboo rods that went for big bucks. And once I had my rod... I went fishing in mountain streams about as much as a kid who lived at a boarding school in Carpinteria could. I had a few days when everything seemed to work, days up in Idaho and in the Eastern Sierra where I caught more fish than I could count. But I also had bad days, a lot of bad days. Days when I would work double hard to make sure my technique was perfect and not catch a single thing, except maybe a tall branch or some grass on my back cast. On those days, I would get frustrated and anxious, not just because of my fishing, but also because of my future. I felt a call to ministry when I was in 7th grade. It was a clear call, and like a good Presbyterian child who attended both evangelical summer camps and a Catholic junior high, I was very familiar with this verse, Jesus' statement to Peter and Andrew, Come with me, and I will make you fish for people, or as I first learned it, fishers of men. In my adolescent mind, my ability to fish was indicative of my future success in ministry. If I couldn't catch fish, how would I ever catch people? It would be years until I realized I was wrong about the whole thing. We'll come back to that. Today, we're back in Matthew. Matthew's narrative goes from Jesus' baptism and desert testing straight to John's arrest. John's arrest sparks Jesus' ministry. And what is Jesus' message? Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near the exact same message that John the Baptist proclaimed. Jesus picked up right where John left off. To get his show on the road, Jesus needs a band, hence the calling of the disciples. You might be thinking, didn't we do this last week? In fact, didn't Jesus already call Simon and Andrew in a different scenario? Sort of. Last week, we read from John's Gospel about Andrew and a buddy leaving John the Baptist to follow Jesus. Now we jump back to Matthew, who has Peter and Andrew and James and John out fishing when Jesus comes by. He calls them and they respond immediately. That word might stand out to some of you. What is Mark's favorite word? Immediately. In Mark, everything happens immediately. Clearly, Matthew has borrowed from Mark here. The two sets of brothers all immediately leave their jobs, their families, and their homes to follow this stranger Jesus in whatever he is up to. If you have ever thought this was more indicative of bad judgment than good faith, you are not alone. It seems crazy pants. Mathean scholar W.F. Albright writes in the Anchor Bible Commentary, The call of the first disciples argues not a miraculous response to a sudden invitation, but an invitation to those whom Jesus has already met on previous occasions. That makes sense it makes way more sense that these guys knew Jesus and were ready to follow him when the time comes. It also makes the stories of Matthew, Mark, and Luke reconcile with John's story about how Jesus and Andrew and the gang all met. The disciples already knew Jesus and liked him. That said, they still leave everything to follow him. Their lives must have been pretty bad. Today the median salary for a commercial fisherman in the United States is $62,853. A pretty handsome amount of money. But that there's no guarantee in that. There's no minimum wage in that. Fishing is dangerous of the two of the 28.5 million people who make a living fishing, over 20,000 are killed or seriously injured every year. These young men were poor fishermen in the sticks of a country occupied by a foreign military. They needed a change. They didn't have the luxury Of doubt. Back in my fishing days, I decided I must not be cut out for this ministry thing. I was playing a bunch of music and doing well with that, so I figured I was wrong about my calling. I had gotten into philosophy and postmodernism, and I couldn't reconcile what I'd learned with the religious heritage of my childhood. So I changed directions, at least for a couple years. Eventually, music led me back to ministry. I became a music director at a funky church that met in a jazz venue in Culver City. Their services had a dialogue. and Other churches kept calling us to teach them what we were doing. So I felt called back to ministry, back to seminary. And this time, I went immediately. Or as soon as academic admissions calendars allowed. At that point, I had lived enough to know that it was not about me. My job wasn't to create miracles, to produce miraculous catches of fish, or to objectify people and their faith. My job was to follow and help out however I could. Look at the last verse of this passage. Jesus went throughout Galilee, curing every disease and every sickness among the people. That is Jesus's work. No person, however well-trained in medicine they might be, can expect to cure every disease and every sickness in every person. Our work, the work of discipleship, isn't being Jesus. It's following Jesus. It is that work into which we are all called. And we're called to do that in different ways. Maybe it's teaching or music or generosity or kindness. Maybe it's environmental activism or creating LGBTQ community or advocacy for the poor. It is always giving up what we have and what we have been. In the words of Rumi, there are a thousand ways to kneel and kiss the ground. There are a thousand ways to live into our calling to follow Jesus. When I was in my first year at St. Mike's, I went on a backpacking trip with my brother-in-law and his group of friends for his 40th birthday. We went to the Wind River Range to a gorgeous granite bowl called the Cirque of the Towers. With huge granite faces perfect for climbing, the Cirque has the feel of Yosemite with complete isolation and tranquility. We divided our time between climbing and fishing. On the first day, I led a group of two guys fishing while the rest climbed Pingora, the main peak in the cirque. We were camped high above the big lake in the middle of the bowl, and as we bushwhacked our way down to the lake, I remembered my younger anxieties about fishing and ministry. Experience and a lot of theological education had changed my biblical reading and understanding of faith, God, and all that stuff. My travels around the world and adventures like the Carbon Sabbath bike trip had made my trust in the divine balloon. Gone were my anxieties about whether or not I could and should follow this Jesus path to fish for people. I would follow and God would provide. As we approached that lake, I saw the winter's heavy snow had left a sheet of ice from the bank of the lake all the way down into the water. And with the cold, clear water and the stark white background of ice, I could see everything in the water. And what I saw were huge cutthroat trout. Trout their bright red gills giving them their name. I quickly tied on a dry fly, put on floating, and cast directly where the fish were swimming. And I watched in pure joy and trust as these giant fish rose from the deep water and latched onto the fly, lighting up that line with the energy of life the energy that is beyond me and is within me and within you it is that energy that is calling us eternally to something more Amen